G'day, and welcome to Bums on the Bench. My name's Jacko. This week, I've got the old crew back. We're all really, really tired, and none of us have good mental health at the moment, so I can't even be asked doing guests. I've got Andy and Josh with us. <laughs> hey, boys. Oi. Oi. What's going on? It's just one of them weeks, hey? <laughs> like I yeah, man, I feel you. I'm, I'm fucking sick as. It sucks. Yeah, you sound rotten. I'm sick of my nose. Yeah, my nose won't stop. It, it's itch. Please. Someone trip it over. Andy, please tell us you're doing better. No, I had to spend all day editing Formula Bums while trying to actually do my real job, so I'm burnt out as fuck. Right. Because someone decided to desync the, the fucking record, Jack. What What do you mean by that? What's, what is that? Because you said desync, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I didn't press anything. So, but... To, to take the curtain back, behind the scenes, before Jack and I start recording, we do a sync test where we click into the mics, I sync it all up, I line it up on our editing programs, and then what he records and what we record at my house all lines up. For some reason, Jack's recording decided to desync like crazy, all from about the 13th minute of the Formula Bums podcast, so I'm adding time in to make it all one. It took me two and a half hours to edit a 50, uh, an hour and 10 minute podcast. Yeah, Which, that's why I'm a bit burnt out. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but for most people listening, they go, yeah, that sounds about normal. That's what we work at, but that's not your normal pace. Like, you can normally smash out no. a full edit in, like, 15 minutes. I can I can do a full Formula Bums episode and trailers in an hour and 10 minutes. It's a cracking episode, too. It's a cracker. Listen to it. We've had a big week in sport, gentlemen. We've had a fantastic week in sport. Well, crazy. rip the NRL Band-Aid off later. I want to talk about the biggest news Going around, and that's to do with sweaty our sweaty men, big sweaty men that like to slap me. That's me. That's me. You're talking about me. <laughs> so, all three of us love the UFC, right? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. I, on occasion, will watch the WWE, especially the WrestleMania shows and the Royal Rumbles because they're the best two shows of the year. Royal Rumble is fantastic. Like you got to watch a line of thirty people come out and try and just throw each other over a ring. How can you not be entertained? It's fantastic. However, yesterday, oh, two days ago, it was announced that Endeavor Entertainment were buying basically the majority stake in the WWE. Endeavor Entertainment also own the UFC, and they are forming. A major, uh, like a, a combined media fighting con- conglomerate where Endeavor is the parent company, WWE and the UFC will act as independent. However, El Vincenzo is still the acting executive chairman of both WWE and now the UFC. So Dana White answers to Vince McMahon. Wait, oh wait, hold on. That what? is how this company is structured. So it's the the guy that runs it, Ari Emanuel. Yep. He's the CEO. The executive chairman is Vincenzo McMahon or Vince McMahon. If you see the mustache, you'll understand. <laughs> then you break it off, and you've got <laughs> the WWE and yep. the UFC. WWE's president is the current CEO Nick Khan. The UFC's president is Dana White. They both answer to Vince McMahon. Okay, so I know this is groundbreaking, but I have, I have got a question. Does that mean they're going to use the current streaming platform that WWE kind of bases itself off for the UFC events mm, coming forward, or I, are they going to stick to more main event type? So by, by my understanding of this deal, and this is all rumors, the interview Vince and Ari did with CBS, CBS um, and other press releases... They're both going to act as independent operations. WWE is still independent from the UFC. UFC is still independent from WWE. 
However, because they come under the same brand, guarantee you fighters are looking at the merch sales that these wrestlers are getting and are like, hey, how do I get a piece of that? Meanwhile, wrestlers are looking at the UFC as like, hey, how do I get involved with that? Yeah, some people are actually going to wrestling more than the entertainment, but actual for the physicality of it themselves could really have a breakthrough within the UFC with this. So here's how I see it, theoretically. You've got your old washed-up fighters that they don't really want to properly fight anymore. They can just jump over and get a nice easy payday over at the WWE by doing half the work. Yep. I say this as a fan because it's a performance, it's not a fight. I mean, everyone knows it's scripted at this point. It's, it's just, scripted, it's just but it's, it's good to watch. Like. No, I want to see. I want to see Volk punch fucking Ray Mysterio's kid. Don't send the washed up ones. Let Volk <laughs> go in there and tear him up for fucking three weeks. That's what I want to see. Let. <laughs> Funnily enough, Dominic Mysterio is a current signed WWE superstar and is the biggest piece of shit in the WWE because he's been fighting his dad for the last nine months. I want to, to see the point where that was a main. That was the cinnamon toast crunch emoji cereal match at WrestleMania was Ray versus Dom. I'm how, not shitting you. How did they work that storyline in? What, jealous in his father's shadow wanted to make a name it, for it's himself? It's very complicated. I could go this whole podcast describing this. Basically, Dom teamed up with an Australian girl named Rhea Ripley, who is goth as fuck, and everyone's just like, ooh, she thick. She's the current <laughs> women's champion. <laughs> Her group, The Judgment Day, are run by like some young guy named Damien Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. Dom went to prison... Yeah, prison. He went to prison. No way. Damn, he hard. He he broke. He uh, crashed the Christmas party and got arrested by the cops because Ray called the cops. It's so stupid this story, but it did lead to the two of the coolest entrances at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, Dom came out in a police van, handcuffed with <laughs> Ray's mask on, <laughs> and Ray gave a shout out to Dom's real father Eddie and came out in a low rider driven by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, so they're doing another like, alternate storyline where Dom's actually the son of Eddie Guerrero? He said he wished Eddie was his real father to Ray. Oh, damn. But, like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> we all know it was bullshit, but it was kind of cool. Damn. And the only thing that took away from it was all the Cinnamon Toast Crunch sponsorship. Wait, so you, I thought you were taking the piss. No, that seriously, the, the sponsorship banners had Cinnamon Toast Crunch and they had the Cinnamon Toast Crunch man at ringside for Ray's entrance and he high-fived him. The UFC <laughs> has spent its entire lifespan as an organisation that has wanted to consistently distance itself from the world of professional wrestling to add credibility to this mixed martial arts style competition. <laughs> now they're in bed. Like I love the fact how they've spent all their life fighting against it. Like They removed the ability for fighters to be sponsored. They removed the ability for fighters to do weird shit in the entrances. They really tried to make it actually about the sport of it. And now they're like, yeah, but that, that money looks real good. We're going to sign with them now. So I'm all, I'm yeah, all Jack, for it. I don't think you understand here. Meet me in the wagon wheel pit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to go back to the merger real quick and then I want to tell you another funny story from WrestleMania just to really round out this conversation. Coming this the summer, UFC Denny's SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> so the UFC valued themselves at $12.1 billion dollars. Meanwhile, they valued the WWE at $9.3 billion. So this TKO, which is what it's um, being traded under on the New York Stock Exchange, is worth 30 something billion dollars 
and they've managed to pool the money together so that they have like a, uh, I want to say like twelve or thirteen billion dollars in the bank. Like that's how crazy this merger is. This and is why did why, where did it come from? Like, is there any hints as to why this decided to occur? I have a very conspiracy theory esque. Love it. I do. Send it. So we we all know. It. Nine months ago, it comes out Vince McMahon's been diddling paralegals on the side. He's paid out a lot of money and has to leave the WWE. He, he's, he has to retire and he walks away. One month later, the WWE is doing the best business it's ever done under his son-in-law, Triple H, who is currently the head creative writer. He takes over. He transforms this product to something that is completely unwatchable to, damn, I need to watch this because it's actually started becoming good again. Nine months later, sorry, six months later, Vince stages a coup to take back over under the impression he is selling the company. Vince hated the fact that this company was running so good without him, he had to kill it from the inside out by selling the company off. Sells it to Endeavor, gets himself a high-paying position. Meanwhile, two two days prior to said sale, it comes out Vince has a new two-year contract with the WWE him as chairman of the board, he has all this shit in place. Basically, he's getting paid $1.2 million. Money is guaranteed if they fire him for no reason or if he decides he wants to retire. He also owns the rights to everything that Vince McMahon's name is on. Genius. Tells the company, puts himself, puts himself in a prominent position in the new company and is now able just to walk back in on Monday Night Raw this past week and just tear up the script 20 minutes before the start show and sends three revised scripts two after the show went off the uh, on the air. Wow. So he did I have this because he was so jealous that his son-in-law was running the company better than he was. That's my theory. Look, it's a good theory. I have two points. First of all, if Vince really wanted to kill the sport, he would have sold it to the West Tigers and let them manage it for a couple <laughs> of years. That would have <laughs> fucking killed it. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of the West, I want to talk about them soon, cause, but not about football. So remind me later. The other thing is, apart from that, I mean, genius, genius psycho business moves by Vince, who's what, in his 60s or 70s to like... He's 77. Yeah, to be ousted from a company and then manage to find your way back in, complete one of the biggest sports mergers of all time and end up in a better position with like get out of jail free cards. I I don't know enough about wrestling or Vince or anything that's gone on to have any opinions on him. I will say... Clearly got some good business chops, and I'm going to leave my critique there. Like, good move. No, completely fair. Like, he is probably one of the most aggressive and smartest businessmen in the world of business um, these days. I, d- I do want to just go back to the point where he thought a great plot line for Raw was him sleeping with his own daughter. I mean, yeah. That, let's they're, let's they're, not forget this. His wrestling storyline creative is not up for job. He's terrible at that, but his business mind is really good. Oh, absolutely. However, I want to take you back to WrestleMania now. There was a lot that went right on WrestleMania Night 1. What went wrong, though? Two things. <laughs> WrestleMania and Night 2. First one, it, first one was WrestleMania Night 2, and this is where everything... Wait, sort, there's two nights? They made it Saturday and Sunday now. Oh, good. Big, right. pay, big paydays, more matches, more time for matches. Yep. Anyway, second night of WrestleMania is where everything sort of started to come unravel that something's wrong. And it started with Snoop Dogg and the Miz's segment to announce the crowd figures because The Miz was the host and Snoop Dogg was just there because it was in LA. Anyway, Snoop Dogg decides that he wants to set up The Miz in another match because the previous night he did it with Pat McAfee. 
and it was fucking fantastic because Michael Cole's on the thing. He's like, I love Pat. Pat's awesome. Like, just losing his mind because he loves Pat McAfee. Don't know why, but he's really cool. Second night, Snoop's like, I'm going to do it again. I rap, you wrestle, do your thing, is the quote. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, he's your opponent, and it's none other than the best wrestler in the world, Shane McMahon. Colonel McSweaty Bullets ran to the ring. Money, 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 man. (laughs) He is completely out of breath by the time he gets to the ring. You can hear him on the mic. He's trying to say, what's up, WrestleMania? He's like, what's up? WrestleMania. <laughs> is he still chubby as hell? Oh, it's chubby as hell. He was oh. already wet, sweating like crazy the moment he got in the ring. Anyway, he starts beating on the Miz with his fake UFC punches, and he whips the Miz into the ropes and does a leapfrog. So he just j- jumps over him, lands awkwardly on his knee, and twet- tears his quad. Thirty-three seconds into it. I'm sorry. And I'm going to stop you right there. I just I want to make sure that I'm awake because what you're telling me is that somehow in the year 2023 of our Lord and Savior Hazo Christo that Snoop Dogg somehow fucked up WrestleMania. Is that what you're telling me, Andy? Because I don't know what's real anymore. No, Snoop Dogg saves this segment something hard because Wait, <laughs> because you audibly hear Shane McMahon yell, "I'm fucked." To the referee, and the referee's sitting there. You can see her with her hand in the ear, like, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? Miz is just, like, motioned to Snoop Dogg to come in the ring. Snoop comes in, lays in a stiff punch on the Miz, knocks him to the ground. Miz gets back up. (laughs) Snoop punches him again, and then hits the Crip Walk elbow. Yep, I saw that. (laughs) Pins the Miz in the ring and saves the segment. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen, because Snoop Dogg cannot run the ropes. He just like he taps off the ropes, drops the stiffest elbow I've ever seen, gets up, starts crip walking as he wins. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Look, I I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> like I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> like first of all, I was Wait. blown away when you were like, Yeah, Snoop Dogg was there. I was like, okay, Snoop, he's cool. He's always cool. And then you were like, yeah. He just set up two random matches. One dude tore his muscle in his leg and he bounces off the rope, crip walks, elbow, does a crip walk, elbows someone, crip walks away. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, are you listening Um, to what you're uh, saying? (laughs) Dude, I had to watch it and I was thoroughly sports entertained. (laughs) Who was he on it too, wasn't he? Yeah, little Uzi came yeah. out and rapped for a little bit before um, one of the main events. Apparently, he's going to be in the next WrestleMania, like performing. That wouldn't shock me. Bad Bunny did it. Didn't Bad Bunny get his ass kicked? Yeah, but he was really good at it, and oh, now let's he's go. Gonna, and he's teaming with Rey Mysterio next month in Puerto Rico. Apparently, I it's thought not confirmed yet. Bad Bunny was the Cash Me Outside girl. No, no th- that's Bad Baby. Right? Okay, you understand my confusion. All right, cool. Because <laughs> right, I was like, the Cash Me Outside girl was in WrestleMania. That's sick. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> Vince, if you're listening, you know who we want to see next year. I want her to walk out to Cash Me Outside Remix and just gutter stomp some dude. That's what I want. So, WrestleMania... I mean, Jack's right. Yeah, no, (laughs) fuck yeah, let's go. Look, we all know that that moustache man isn't listening to this. And even if he was, he'd be like, that's a bad idea. I'd tear it up straight away. And then he'd get, like, Snooky out there again. What the fuck did you just say? What, Snooky was what? What? Snooki was on Raw. Snooki was at WrestleMania in a match, and it was terrible. Oh, she was also on Raw for like a few weeks at yeah, one point. Yeah, to build it? up to that said match. Oh, God. Anyway, 
Let's stop talking about a fake sport and let's talk about real sport because we've got, I don't know. That went for longer than I thought. That we went to, way longer than I, I had thought. so much fun. Yeah, sorry, you the guys. The thing I want to say is Cody should have won. Right. He ruined my bet. I uh, think I need... What, you can bet on fake wrestling? You can bet, yeah. And I had six or seven in my multi. You know, it's technically not bad because, I mean, you don't know it's the outcome. Sti- it's, still a p- it's still an athletic competition as far as betting is concerned. The only people that know are the people behind the scenes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can still bet on it. Oh, no. You just have to know They're the storyline better. Yeah, and that, that's basically what it comes down to. How, how's the storyline going? That's how they determine the odds and stuff. Is that easy money, though? You'd think so. I had six of seven, and then they booked Roman to win. But yeah, I don't Roman's wanna... gone for another year until yeah, they get what's his name that's in. fucking um, joke. No, if the, he loses to The Rock... No, with no, those no. Titles. They, they were, apparently, they're thinking of doing a new WrestleMania lineup. I can't remember who they said Roman was against, but it was like, uh, I think, I think it's Cody. I think they're gonna do have Cody do a John Cena face turn and then turn him into like Co- Cody was who he literally just voted again. No, for the first time, and that's who I had because he's had the the finish my storyline arc, which is I have to win the title. My dad was never allowed to win. That was the story. The story was set up perfect. Even on night one, they took the tag titles off his cousins. Like it was set up perfectly. I want to move on and talk about the NRL now because I'm getting very frustrated. That's it. fair. It, it was. It really pissed me off. So let's talk about the NRL and let's start with the West Tigers because they fucked up. They. F- I. And I think we all saw yesterday on our various social medias that. Anzac Round's coming up. And for anyone who's international, Anzac Day is a commemorative day where it's Australia, New Zealand Army Corps. It's a day where we pay respects to soldiers from World War One to currently for the sacrifices they've made for us. It is a very, almost like sacrosanct spiritual day in Australia and New Zealand, the way we look at it. We're not the most patriotic country in the world, except for Anzac Day. NRL, and every year, does specialised commemorative jerseys and there's a very big traditional game on Anzac Day, which mine and Josh's team plays Andy's team in every year. And we're going this year. I'm so excited. (laughs) The West Tigers are, I want to go out on a limb and say a hard luck team. And I think they've been that way for about 15 years. (laughs) They're not doing too good. They released a jersey that featured American soldiers instead of... Wait, what? Yes. So their jersey... Yeah, has U.S. forces on their jersey and they released it. Now, yeah. I want to get it out of the way first before I start hammering them for it. I don't actually care. I don't care. This is a Stephen issue. Yes, they signed off on it, but there's so much more that goes into producing these jerseys than just some dude at West Tigers who goes like, I think this would look sick. But, yes. Can I... Can I just go real quick? The Tigers did come out to defend it. They're like, look, we were just trying to go for a more modern take with the, the soldiers in the desert at the moment. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. But would, at least use Australian fo- a photo of Australian soldiers, not a stock photo of iStock I or whatever. Yeah, look, you know what their I mean? defense was one of those ones how it's like, oh, we really didn't think anyone would notice kind of deal. Like, oh, we were trying to like make it about the current or like the more recent conflicts we've been in. It's like, yeah, there's heaps of photos of our boys over there too. Yeah. Use that one. I found that post on Reddit, and I want to shout out a few of the very, very creative people on Reddit because the best comment I ever saw on this was someone goes, some guy goes, I don't know what's happened here, but I know this is Luke Brooks's fault. <laughs> 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 and then someone wrote, Call of Dewey. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take on the Tigers. 
Look, don't do the same. They are redesigning again. it. Oh, are they? Wow. They have come out and said they will be re- redesigning it this this year now, due to the due to everything that has happened. And then the top comment is, can they use the... <laughs> Please put the Viet Cong on the jersey. It would be so funny. I'm sorry, but the, the top comment is, can they use the image of Dewey faking a cramp? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm just currently looking over some of the jerseys. I got to admit, the Warriors one is one of the best. Like, damn, that is a sick jersey, actually. They always have good ones. They, like, that's that one. Like so, you got the fern leaf kind of coming up with the yeah. um, with the New Zealander design. You got the poppies underneath. That's so nice. That is really that is good. Clean as hell. And then obviously the dragons one is just sick. And I'm sorry. What is the roosters one though? It's probably going to be the light blue again. No, nah, it's even worse. No, that's a polo shirt, you knob. No, oh, it is too. My bad. No, they'll do the. They'll wear the Raffi's light blue, like they normally. It'll, do. it'll have to be the. So on the draw thing they send out to the members it was a light blue instead of a dark blue for that one so i'm assuming that means they're going with the light blue jersey this year yep and and that's what they've done the past few years this goes light blue and then they walk out with the light blue jersey yeah and And it'll probably have like a poppy there or something on the chest because the roosters are partnered with the air force for anzac day round and the saint george partners with the army for anzac day round so that's why you get the light blue because that's actually the color of the australian royal the royal australian air force they have that light blue the sky blue color. Um, do, you, do you know the story behind the Roosters wearing that sky blue, though, besides that? No. So back in World War II, I want to say, all the dark blue and like the dark colors were actually put aside for the armies and stuff fighting over in World War II. So they actually had to dye the jerseys lighter colors because that's all they had. So there's, a, there's images out there of the doggies in a, like a maroon and light blue jersey. There's... Like obviously the roosters playing in the light blue instead of the dark blue, and like it, it was a really big thing, and they had to take all that dye away from the the clubs, and that that's why they were running out in those jerseys. And the Chookies like to basically remember the past in a way by d- using that design as much as possible for Anzac Day because it is it is a really good tie in for that day. Just saying like here's what the jersey was back then. We remember the past. We know we're gonna win this year. <laughs> you had to put that in. I didn't did you? have to put that one. And in like, there. it's Anzac Day, bro. So we can't even be like, shut up, fuck with. Like, <laughs> like it is. Um, I mean, if any, if last year was anything, though, shut up, fuck with. Yeah, Marnie should have been. Marnie should have been year. walked, bro. You mean Tupo? Also Marnie him. <laughs> yes, I do mean him. Leave me alone. It's been a long day. But um, I I would like to talk about my mine and Jack's fantastic team because. God, what a fucking game. That was just phenomenal from the draw. I don't know where it came from. I do. They told That's Hook he had five week. games. Yeah. They took, you, told you Hook. Had three, you get three wins a year. You've already had one. You, you stole that trade from the Dragons. That's two. So you had to get your third one out of the way. So you'll lose everything for the rest of the year. Oh, when we win at Anzac Day, I'm <laughs> going to feed you so hard. Oh, I expect that. Oh, but yeah. still. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in perspective, how intense Anzac Day game got between our friendship group last year, Andy was kind enough to buy us all tickets. In the fucking Roosters grandstand, <laughs> there's, a, there's a sea of blue jerseys around us. Josh and I and Andy, we all had a... Uh, mainly me and Josh had a fair bit to drink. 
And at the end of it, a group of Roosters fans turned around in front of us, shook our hands and said, you know what, fellas, that was the funniest game of football we've ever been to. And Josh and I were crying and hugging in the grandstands. <laughs> uh, can, can I point out that you two pussies put both mine and your brother's girlfriends in between us? That was for everyone's safety. Actually, <laughs> no, I want to put that out. I didn't put that. Luke was actually sitting next to me at the time. Oh, was he? Yeah. Luke wasn't happy with me at the end of it. <laughs> We I just remember me and Luke sitting there going, this is not going to end well. <laughs> On the drive home, we were singing. We had the music blaring. We were in an Aporto. We were going berserk. I ended up texting. And I don't think I've ever told you boys this. I ended up texting Luke, my little brother's partner. I was like, how's the drive home? And she replied with one word, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so to clarify this story. Uh, my partner and myself, we went and picked Luke and his partner up and we drove up and this was the Chooks car. Me and Luke were psyched the whole way up. We were like, yeah, we're going to flog these these pricks. We we got to Central Station. We were depressed. And Luke looks at me and he goes, we don't speak. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and we, because the train was so full, I was away from all of them. I didn't see them until Sutherland. We got in my my partner's car. Me and Luke just looked at each other and we just sat there in silence. Turned the radio we just, off. We couldn't think of any Until Luke really needed to pee about 15 minutes from his house. So Renee pulls over, lets him out of the car, and I look at Tori and say, shut it and drive off. <laughs> <laughs> Tori chose not to because she didn't want to she didn't want to put Luke in an even worse mood that night. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I have to live with this prick. <laughs> 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 it was a great day. And look, we're doing it again this year, aren't we? We're all gone. Yes. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. There's only two Chookies fans this year, though, and it's uh, me and your dad. There's actually more Dragons fans this year, too. That's the best part. Yeah, but your dad will beat you if you cheer too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he looks like Chopper Reed doesn't mean shit. He might hurt me, but it's okay. How? Because <laughs> now that we're on the NRL, I feel like we need to have a quick... Have we introduced this tipping competition we're in and the punishment involved? Have we spoken about that on air yet? We ha- we haven't spoken about the punishment, but we have spoken that we are in a tipping competition, and unfortunately, us three are in last the last three places. So I'm last, last. Yeah. You, so you, right now, Josh, he's sitting on the punishment. Jacko, do you want to explain what the punishment is? I will because. When this group chat came out, like, hey, boys, let's do a tipping comp. I am famously bad about checking my phone. Like, I can't stand having a phone. I hate that people have the ability to talk to me at any point. It gives me the shits. But our group of mates and a couple of the dads all decided that we're going to do a tipping comp. I didn't read the rules of the competition until you, Andy, asked me about how many cheeseburgers do you think I can eat? Because if you come last in this bloody competition, you have to spend 24 hours in a McDonald's with a fins-up dolphin fin. (laughs) But for every cheeseburger you eat, you get an hour off your time. I'm feeling better about it because when I was informed of this punishment, I was coming last by a lot. (laughs) And... I remember sitting on Andy's couch and he was like, look, man, you just need to tip better. And I was so devastated. I was already doing the math in my head to be like, I reckon I could eat 18. Well, I genuinely think I could eat my way out of this challenge if I had to. But now Josh is coming last. So I just want to highlight the fact that between 8th and 4th is 4 points. Between 4th and 1st 
is nine points. Yeah, whoever's leading is like really oh. kicking our ass. Now, would you like to know who is currently leading this competition? Is it, is it your dad? fucking dad? No, it's mine. <laughs> oh, it's your dad. <laughs> That's even funnier. <laughs> I don't and know. Like, he has he, the dad magic. Look, he, here's my only strategy. I don't want to come last. No, neither do I. I oh, want so Jack in last. I'm playing oh, for seven points this year. I, my aim is sixth or higher. Yeah, I want, I want fifth so I can beat you two at least. You boys and are idiots. Mac. Well, it looks like oh, we're. Seven. It looks like it's just us three right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac, Mac's one point with us. Fair enough then. So we're all shit basically. So you got 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23, 26, 30. Yeah. And the dads, yeah, the dads are just first and second. That doesn't shock me though. They they watch more footy than us. Max dad doesn't watch that much footy. That makes it even worse. If not, like maybe a couple games, one game a week. Fucking hell. I, I just want to point out that I the, the ones I've lost, they're the close games. I haven't lost the blowout yet. I haven't been beaten in a blowout. It's just been the ones that are finishing. Like The other team gets it by like one or two. I'm just like, you fucking bastards. Like, oh, like what the, was the doggies game? last week. One fucking point. Yeah. I had that game going. Warriors. Don't yeah, I, I don't get how Warriors did it. They just were better. This is bullshit. Anyway. You reckon last weekend week sucked? Come. Have you looked at who's playing this weekend? There's like six games that I have no clue. Yeah. These 50-50 games are killing me. I would have an opinion on every single one of them, and anything that I pick, pick the opposite. All right, so Roosters, Melbourne, and uh, Melbourne. Okay, no, don't pick the opposite. I actually still will pick Storm on this one. Yeah, I'm picking the Storm on yeah, this like one. That's how, that's how little faith I have in my team this week. Doggies, rabbit Rabbits. Eyes. Yeah, rabbits. Absolutely. That's, that's I... an easy one. Deep Dolphins, Storm. North Queensland. This is my first one. Dolphins. Oh, no. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, Josh. Dolphins. Cowboys. What? Cowboys. Are you kidding? No. The three times I've tipped the... Isn't the... drink water out? No, drink water's back. Oh. See, I've they tipped the Cowboys, Cowboys three times, and they've lost every time. So I'm thinking about swapping to the Dolphins before tomorrow night. I think Dolphins have a lot to prove after last week. Here's another one. Penrith Manly. Penrith. They're at home. Three dollars for Manly right now. I like they those. They lost last week, didn't they? I no, they drew, drew with. Oh, that's right. You know, I'm picking Manly. I really like Melbourne. Uh, Manly at three dollars right there. Brisbane, Canberra, Brisbane, Brisbane, easy. That's the easiest one. On Brisbane, the your mob versus the Titans up at Gold Coast, though. Like it, it I would go to the Titans. Didn't here. you pricks beat them in round one? No. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have faith. Like. I don't even have oh, faith I'm in them. I'm scared. I have tipped the Dragons right now. That might get changed. I have picked the Dragons. Dragon, Warriors the Dragons. Newcastle. Knights. Easy. Knights. Knights. Warriors. Warriors. Nah. Nah, Knights. Actually, no. After I... last week, Knights are riding a high. Actually, no. I'm changing it because the Warriors came out and said they only had five people at practice today because of the fatigue. I'm changing that. And, of course, we've got uh, Walker Blake versus the West Tigers. But hold on. Here's the, the thing. with the got this so easy. With the Knights versus Warriors, you haven't, encount- you haven't calculated the number one thing. The Knights are at home, which means they're guaranteed yeah, they st- to lose. <laughs> they never <laughs> win at home. Why did I pick the Roosters by five? Why would you? Do- <laughs> First of all, five is a really odd number to pick in rugby league. <laughs> Second of so all, strange. why pick the Chooks against Melbourne in Melbourne? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. Even I'm not doing that. I'm yeah, not I that even, stupid. I don't even know why I picked half my tips in this one. Anyway, 
I actually thought of a story I wanted to tell you, gentlemen, because I went to the Chookies Eels game last week with an Eels fan. Yeah, tell us all about it. I thought you guys would really like this. So, Para obviously warmed up in front of us because I chose the wrong end to sit at, but <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> My workmate Eli was there. He's like, I love you, Matto. I hate you, Walker Blake. Mika Sivo, you got thick thighs. You know, just, you know, the classic thing that you do in warm-up. You gas the really boys confident up. In t- he was really confident until the first try. Yep. <laughs> and then the depression started to sink in because Walker Blake kept running overs to the left-hand side and giving Mike Acevo no room. Therefore, the Chooks pushed them out. He watched Mike Acevo kick back infield when he could have just steamrolled over Pyle Law. Um, what else did we see? We saw the break that Egan Butcher scored on that get taken back, and he was really happy about that for about 30 seconds until LaRusses ran in again. We got to see the two sin bins really close because they were right in front of us and both of them were sin bins. I, like, Bailey Simonson killed James Tedesco. Dude, Simonson once again had a classic Simonson game. Yeah, like, it was just Why not- do Eels still have him? Like, as a center, he could really just be fucked off. Well, they, here's, your, here's your response. Walker Blake still has his jersey. So if he has a jersey, Bailey Simonson needs a jersey. Yeah, that's fair. Because Walker Blake is not good to the point where he approached Rugby Australia this week. Didn't Nelson, aside for Solomona, also have a meeting with Rugby Australia? He's New Zealand, though. As, as Paul Ken said, he's, he plays for the All Blacks if he goes to Rugby. Why would he play for the Wallabies? Why? So, I, not about Wallabies, but about a code switch in general, I think. Well, I, I think he'd make more money over there purely because he's probably going to get squeezed out sooner rather than later down in Melbourne. And it's not the end of the world if he gets dropped by Melbourne. I, Let's be real. Does anyone else have any more NRL stories? Because I have an independent UFC one I'd like to bring up. Volk's next fight's been announced. Yeah, go for it. So, uh, coming off Volk's loss to uh, Kamaev or Makachev? Makachev. Makachev. Um, Volk has been announced to fight. I want to say his name is Yair Rodrigo. It's the guy in the featherweight division who, on the undercard, absolutely pasted Josh Emmett in like a this is the next one. Is he the one that won the interim title? Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a sick fight. Yep. And I, I'm just get, making sure I've got his name correct right now. Yeah, Yair Rodriguez. I originally came out when we were talking about the UFC, like episode one saying, look, Volk is so dominant in his division. There's only one person I believe that can actually fight him properly and that's Yair Rodriguez because if you've never seen this dude fight I he's so flexible he's so athletic he's so explosive like this dude does cartwheels and kicks people in the head and knocks them out so yeah, it's gonna be a good fucking fight it's gonna be a very good fight I think Alexander Volkanovsky will absolutely paste him like he did like he does in most of his fights I still don't think that Yair will beat him but if you're a fight fan, that's the next big one coming up for our boy Volk. Sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Sponsored by the WWE. Um, but yeah, that's I'm excited for that. I'm a massive Volk fan, so I can't wait. That's going to be a good fight. I did have one more NRL story I just thought of. Go for it. Last week we talked about how the Parramatta Eels sat down with Clint Gutherson and said that they wanted an X-Factor fullback. And Gartho was like, yeah, all right, I'll move to the centres if that's what you really want if we're going to win games. 
What I seen in person last week with him at fullback, I don't care if you bring an X-Factor player in and he scores one try. Gutho saved so many tries last week. It's not funny. That that kid needs to be at the fullback role. He, he ripped the ball out of Radley's hands when Radley was going over in his 100th game. And as hey. he's falling off a tackle, sticks his foot out and kicks the ball from another player's hands going over the line. Yeah. Gutho is one of the best defensive fullbacks, and the fact Parramatta are like, nah, we want an X-Factor fullback, they're so dumb. So they're so dumb. have come out and walked that back a little bit in the media. It was a quieter story because it wasn't as exciting, where they kind of went where like, oh, no, we want to get another X-Factor fullback for you to train when you're done. Like, they've walked it back significantly since that original statement because they went, oh, shit, he's really, really good. He's still got it. Actually, Clint, we want you to train your replacement eventually style. I think that's just a bit of bullshit because they were like, oh, he's actually heaps good. And the fans went, absolutely not. Like, Gutho and Moses are Parramatta. They're the two boys that everything's based on there. Yep, and they just didn't click last week. They didn't look like they turned up at the Chookies game. Like, they were were 16-2 going into halftime. Gutho got a lucky try going into like the start of the second half, and then it was just a walk in the park for the Roosters. And the last two tries they got because literally all the starting players came off the fucking came off the field for the Roosters. Like Hargraves got an early mark. Bradley got an early mark. You know, all Teddy got an early mark. Got early. <laughs> Not by early. choice. He got a fucking really <laughs> big early mark. I mean, if we're talking about anyone really shit in the bed, though, I mean, we should definitely be talking about the Milk versus Panthers game. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know what happened to Milk in that. I can tell you what happened. Fighting was out. Yeah, Jack like a lot of their spo- uh, Danny Levi wasn't out. Xavier Savage wasn't in there. Like three of their key spine players weren't playing. They were so disjointed. I remember watching them get up to the Panthers side of the field, and I was talking to Seki at this time, and I was like, "They're they're making a breakaway. They're about to get a try." I'm like, "Watch them fuck it over the try line. Fumbles it." Yeah, it doesn't shock me. Like uh, Canberra don't function without White, and it's. It's really telling with the offer they put towards Whiten this morning because, as we know, Whiten decided he wanted to test the free market. They gave him a four-year, $4.4 million contract offer today. So they clearly are planning on keeping him. They do not. They cannot afford to lose Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten at the Dolphins, probably not $4.4 million over four years. The only clubs chasing Jack Whiten right now are the Dolphins, the Doggies, the Tigers, and the Milk. Now, name me which of those four clubs look like a premiership contender at the moment. Doggies. Doggies. I meant at the moment, not three years from now. Doggies. I mean, like out of all of them, doggies. Doggies need a halfback. Doggies will not win the premiership this year because they don't have a halfback. Dolphins won't win. Dolphins won't win. Milk won't win. Milk milk is the best bet for him because of how much they've given him. And they oh, built absolutely for him, yes. No, that, that's what I'm talking about. For him. Absolutely. I agree with him and the milk. But if he's not happy, though. I understand that. But he, here's my thing. Like, the doggies, they need a halfback. They should spend their money there. Dolphins need an X-Factor player. Fair enough going after Whiten. Tigers need a whole revamp. Do not go for Whiten. No, a they don't need a player. revamp. Just fucking fly Luke Brooks. You've tried everything for 10 years except for just going, all right, 13. Brooksy, 13. You're not playing this week. You're having a break, man. We've tried coaches. We've tried board members. We've tried training staff. We've tried every position on the field but one. And he's still there. <laughs> Can I Actually, you just brought up a very, very good point I wanted to bring up before we close up. So, the other night on 
um, NRL 360, they were talking about the West Tigers recruitment under the current CEO. I'm just going to give you a list of people that he signed. Matt Ballon at the end of his career, he only played three games for the Tigers. Elijah Taylor played 80 games but did nothing. Jamal Idris signed in 2017. He was on his way out. He played five games for the Tigers. 2018, they re-signed Chris McQueen for 10 games. Ben Maddalino played 36. Russell Packer played 33. Moses Embai played 63. Mane Fanoa played 21. Robbie Farah came home, played 30 games. And Josh Reynolds played 22 games. Name next factor in that. 2019, they brought in Ryan Madison, best signing of the bunch. He played 24 games and then said, nah, I'm good, I'm left. 2020, they brought in Joey and Le- Luciano Leilua. Joey played 21, Luciano played 56. Both of those bad signings. Best center in the game, though. They, 2021, they, they signed James Roberts, James Tamo, and Ken Marmolo. Ken Marmolo was released literally this year. James Tamo played 38 games and nearly retired after being suspended. James Roberts, well, he was a problem child to begin with. It wasn't going to end well. 2022, they signed Tyrone Peacher, who only played three, 13 games, and they brought in Jackson Hastings, who, while we all know the off-field is- issues with Jackson Hastings, he played 16 games for him and fucked off to Newcastle. And won some of those games. Like, Hastings won those games that he did well in. Yeah, and so that's been the recruitment since Justin Pascoe's come in as the CEO at the Tigers. I think there needs to be a board revamp. They need a coach overhaul, and they need a player overhaul, and it starts by getting Luke Brooks's contract off their books. Get rid of him. They've got a bit more money to spend. How much are they paying him per year? 1.1. Because... For what he does. Because Moses, Teddy, and Woods left, and they panicked and signed Woods uh, Brooks for 1.1. That's the Tigers for you. I mean, it just sh- it's showing now their mismanagement over the past four years. It's just very telling of everything. And it's been longer than four years. It's yeah, been but like, it's, it's really hammering down. Because like, you, you remember, there was always, each year, you always had that one team that was like, yeah, you felt sorry for them. You had the Titans, you had the Broncos. Tigers have just been it for ages. So I want to I want to go back to that Broncos comment you made. Two, two or three years ago, the Broncos decided, no, we need a clean out. They took a lot of big money players, flicked them on. They rebuilt. They sucked for two years. Now look at them right now. They're leading the comp. Took two years to do a proper rebuild at Brisbane, and Brisbane looks scary again. God, but they had such good juniors, though. I know. Tigers have one of the biggest catchments in the NRL. They could also have good juniors that they don't know about. They're just too busy looking for old and busted players to try and save them. Bro, their juniors went on to be New South Wales and Australian captains. Yes. Yeah. And like that that blues halfbacks and Australian halfbacks and props like Teddy, Moses and Woods. Woods is a bit of a, a hit and stick at the moment, but in his prime he changed the role of a front rower. He invented the spinning tackle offload. Like he changed the game when he was in his prime. Teddy is still one of the best fullbacks we've ever seen. And Mitch Moses is a premiership able to win halfback. Yes, they haven't done it yet, but he's got the talent to do it. They're phenomenal players. Those are their three last juniors who kind of fled the coop. They've got, like, their junior catchment, as you said, is one of the biggest, but it's also where some of the best players come from. Exactly. So the Tigers have the pieces to sort of rebuild. They just need to pull the trigger. They really just need to pull the trigger on it. Do you reckon the board's holding him hostage? I reckon there's the Luke Brooks has something on them that is keeping him in that role. 
And until they can get rid of Luke Brooks, and I, this isn't a knock at Luke Brooks. I think Luke Brooks is a fantastic backup player, a fantastic English Super League player. He's a fantastic, probably a fantastic halfback in another club. The Correct. Tigers and him need to divorce ASAP if the Tigers want to do anything. Oh, 100% agree, mate. They won't. That's the problem. Yeah. But do you reckon it's that he has something on them, or do you reckon the board have this j- just stick that they cannot remove, and it's just fixation, even now, Luke seeing Brooks what's been, happening? Luke Brooks has been paid on potential for 13 years. It's time to pull the pin. If I'm a board member, I'm pulling the pin on Luke Brooks. Has to be a reason they're not. There has to be a reason they're not pulling the pin and trying to get rid of him. Anyway, but that's a conspiracy theory. We're not delving into <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one. No, we'll leave that to the professionals at NRL three hundred and sixty to just make exactly. shit up all the time. That's <laughs> where we get our stuff from because they've said at first it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Like with this whole Tigers jersey drama, one of the comments online I saw was. Paul Kent, in quote marks, I don't know how, but I can't believe Ivan Cleary's done this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gentlemen, we should, let's end on a positive and then, then we'll wrap okay. this bad boy up. Um, I got nothing. What do you got? You look really nice today. Shut the fuck up. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> We've been bums on the bench. <laughs> Our social media is at Bums on the Bench everywhere you listen. I've been Jacko. Josh, let them know what your voice sounds like. Hello. Andy, say goodbye. 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 We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.